I'm not saying that you need money to help people. That's bullshit, right? If you don't have any money, you can go work in the soup kitchen. You can give back to people that are less fortunate, right? You can you can make impact in other ways, right? But if you want to have like real impact and do a lot, you're going to need some vehicle that's going to give you money in order to make that change. You're listening to the Examine Life podcast with Matt Purcell and joining me today is a great guy. His name's Sabri Subi. He is a best-selling author, He's a business person. He runs one of Australia's fastest growing digital agencies called King Kong. Now, digital marketing, what an interesting topic because a lot of people claim to be experts out there, but what King Kong does and what Cybri does is really gets to the bottom of things is how do we get a return on your investment with what money you put in for marketing your business and what you're gonna get out of it. So it's strategy, it's digital marketing to its core and can't recommend the services enough. I've heard great things about him, but what's really fascinated me about Sabri is he, on social media, he's got a good following and he's been popping up in my feed for many, many months. He always gets to the core of the issue, which he talks about things like money. And that's a topic which people shy away from. It's like if you talk about money in Australia, you're someone that is weird. Why would you talk about money? Don't talk about my money. Don't talk about your money. You get painted as this bad person for mentioning the topic. It's really taboo. So in this episode, we talk about money. We talk about the relationship we have with money and why we think people get weird around that topic. We talk about being dads, having two daughters, very young daughters, very similar age actually, and running a growing business. We talk about during COVID and lockdown and generally any disaster, when you need to start making cuts in businesses, what should you cut, what should you maintain, or what should you invest in if you've got the means? It's a really great conversation. Can't recommend you just check out his stuff. He's got a great book called Sell Like Crazy, and it's a good book. It gives you a good framework of business tips, marketing, and good mindset. Don't want to delay any further, so please enjoy my episode with Sabri Subi. So um, I run a, a digital marketing agency called King Kong and we basically help our clients get more clients um, by increasing their traffic, leads and sales. And our business is really just centered around solving that number one problem that all businesses face, which is like, how do I get more customers? So that's what we're obsessively trying to, to solve as a business, whether it's through our agency's offerings or through books or through courses or whatever it might be. Our whole thing is like just solving that problem for for businesses and you know I've been at this entrepreneurial game since I was 21 Mm. Um, got, got my start in sales when I was 16, which was like a cold, hard slap to the face, but I've, you know, I've ran businesses. I've ran a few into the ground. I've had some failures. I've had some wins. I've sold some businesses. Um, and really I've just been in all of those businesses and all of those ventures. I've always been the one tasked with how do we bring new customers in, right? How do we solve that problem? And I think it's just that obsessive focus and me constantly trying to answer that question has led me to be in the position where I am today, where, you know, I get paid to help businesses solve that problem. Best job in the world. Sounds awesome. Look, it's challenging. It comes definitely comes with its challenges, um, but it's very rewarding. Like it's really rewarding to take a business that is struggling to make payroll or even one that's just doing like doing okay, right? Just to keep afloat and coming into that business and helping them like double their business and just seeing like the profound impacts that that has on that business owner's life and, you know, how they can spend time with their family or their loved ones and all the different spill off effects. So that's the reason that I do it. That's the thing that really lights me on fire is you using business as a vehicle to help people change their lives. Yeah. And one of the vehicles that obviously is 
the main focus for a lot of people now is digital. So digital marketing. Now, when we when people say the word digital marketing, the phrase, it's surprising how many definitions people have. There's some misconceptions about digital marketing. Talk us a little bit about that. Like, what are the main misconceptions when people come to agencies? They all oh, want digital marketing. Yeah. Well, look, I really look at it is that there is only one form of marketing today and that is digital marketing. There is no other type of other marketing, right? Because if you're looking at offline marketing or all these other terms above the line, all these kind of things that people want to throw out there, it's like if you're advertising on television in today's day and age, people cannot buy off a television ad right? So you are basically just funneling those people from television online. You're just pushing the offline people into an online. So ultimately everybody's going to end up on your website or on your landing page. That's ultimately the game, right? At the end of the day, like marketing, the first premise is really to get attention and to get eyeballs on whatever it is that you've got. And then through salesmanship and storytelling and all the different stuff that comes with it, being able to convert that attention and leverage it and flip it into actual money and into customers. So, you know, digital marketing as a term in my mind, we still have to use it because that's the way that people identify it. So you need to speak to people in the language that they're used to, but it's an irrelevant term. It's really, it's all just comes down to getting attention. And right now, all of the attention is online, right? 2017 was the first year ever in history that digital outsurpassed television as the number one advertising platform in the world. Right now, social media and Netflix are surpassing traditional television as the number one place that they're spending their time. So it's just really about finding where those audiences are. And when, you know, someone comes into our business, it's a prospect and they're looking to grow their business. There's a very basic test that I run through with them. And that's basically, are people searching for what it is that you offer? I.e., are they on Google looking for a solution to a pressing problem? If so, the best place to reach those people is going to be on Google. If they're not, then we're fortunate to live in a day and age where we have Facebook and Instagram and we can push a message in front of the people that would be the best candidate for the product or service that we're selling. Um, if someone's searching for it more often than not, you know, Google's going to be the first play. If they're not, then Facebook and Instagram are going to be a great channel. So that's really the way that I look at it. I let that dictate to where we're going to go out and be able to capture that attention and then leverage that. Yeah, it's interesting. Talking about social media, there's a lot of people out there that surprisingly, like we've, we, we, I have an agency or a content agency, a production agency where we make organic content for, for various places and companies. And a lot of small business owners struggle to use social media to be able to advertise or to, they don't know what to use it for. What's your take on that? How should small, how can small businesses use their social media? to market or to build their brand. Yeah. And I think that that's an interesting topic, right? Because I, even though this is the world that I live in, um, I'm also a realist and I understand that like, if you're the local plumber, like, yeah, you can get crazy and come up with some crazy content marketing strategy, but more often than not, that's not the area that you want to be focusing on. That's going to really move the money needle for your business, right? In pumping out a whole bunch of content on social media, about, you know, drainage and plumbing and all of that kind of stuff. 
So I'm, if it does fit the model, right, for what you do, and it can be a personality-driven business where people want to buy in to a personality behind that, then I think that that's a great place to invest your money. But I, I really, the way that I look at it is like for every area in my life, I look at like the whole 80-20 analysis. And I look at like, then I do the 80-20 on the 80-20 and find like the 4% of activities that I can do for any different topic that's going to basically give me 64% of the results. Like what are the activities that are going to really move the money needle? And if they are social media, that fits into your ecosystem, then go all in and double down on that thing. The way that I look at social media realistically is that now more than ever, people don't want to buy off companies so much as they do people. Right. And there needs to be like story selling, telling people about your story behind that brand is incredibly important. More important than ever. Let's talk about that. Like storytelling is vital. And do you think generally speaking, it's like with the businesses you work with, um, is it hard for people to tell their story? Do they overcomplicate it? What challenges do you see with business owners creating a narrative? Most people don't want to, right? They want to hide behind the scenes. You get two kind of people. You get this, some people that are like really self-obsessed and they want to be everywhere all over their website and their landing pages and want to be front and center. And then you, that, that's a small percentage. And then you have a whole bunch of people that just don't want to be out there, right? And they don't want to be in the limelight. Or it's like, you know, the whole conversation about like, you know, I, I posted a picture recently on Instagram and like some people were like, oh, you know, why are you posting pictures of your daughters? It's like, that's my life like do you know what I mean? i'm just documenting my life yeah. right mm-hmm. like i'm not changing who i am in front of social media and mm-hmm. trying to portray something that i'm not it's like social media is just documenting what's going on in my life so like it's ridiculous to just like hide my children from that and pretend like that they don't exist that's just a part of me right i don't really believe in like wearing all these different masks and being like oh i'm in the office now so therefore like i need to wear a suit or i need to present my way myself in in, in a certain way like the pe- the person that i am with my team is the same person that i am with my family with my best friends right so realistically like the lines of those kind of divides have been blurred and really erased is the way that i look in the whole storytelling angle and there is a story behind every business yeah right and a lot of people get caught up with like not telling people that story because they think it's going to make them perceive as not being as professional. Like if I was just to come on and have a chat with you and not say that I've, I've run businesses that have been failures before I've run businesses into the ground. That is a part of my background. That is a part of the person that's built me. Right. So it's like where most people might think that's like a damaging emission. It's the reality, right? this is the world that we live in. This is like the person that I am. This is like what I do. This is like what my, my routines like. And I film all of that stuff because ultimately like people buy off people. Yeah. 100%. And, and the more honest and real that you can be with people, they see that. Right. And that's the big con. That's a big feedback that I get is like, whether you like, you know, you, you don't agree with the some ways that I say things or whatnot, they know that they're going to get the real deal when, you know, when they watch some of my content, there isn't going to be like a two-faced person. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And I think it's a, a good unique selling point in itself across relationships. Like if you don't get to know someone's personality and story, you don't really know them at all and trust them. So tr- brands are about trust building that trust and when you've got a cafe and a cafe and a cafe in the same proximity of each other selling coffees the same products 
how do you stand up against such a saturated market? Stories. One of, that's one of the angles I think. Yeah. One one hundred percent. Like I, I'm definitely big on on those things. And it's like you just have a look at any brands that you really like or that you really follow. Like, what is the reason? It's because you understand the story behind it to some degree. And and it's those people that can tell stories and they can make the ordinary extraordinary by just telling a story about like what's involved with that whole process. Definitely. So yeah, like I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that it's a huge opportunity that people, you know, they, they don't want to get involved in or they don't want to take part in it. One, because they haven't stopped to really think about how they could use it to their benefit or they just don't want to. They, they, they think that they can transact in a place where you don't need to do that. But what I'm seeing across all businesses, right, is that skepticism has never, ever, ever been so rampant. Like it is so rampant, it is ridiculous. So I believe that it's, it's never, ever been a harder time to get a customer than wow. it is right now. Right. But I've also believed that it's never been a better time to get basically to reach those customers and to turn that customer into an advocate for your brand. But to get that first sale, skepticism is so high. And the way that you can combat that is by telling stories and delivering value, right? Mm -hmm. The only way to lower those things is to kind of unpack them and have a look, peek behind the curtain and just be real and deliver value and solve problems for people. That's how you lower that skepticism. And when you do that, you increase that trust with your marketplace. It radically increases your sales. Mm. I think a lot of people would appreciate you giving a 101 on how you can help people, how King Kong helps people get a return on investment with marketing online. Because I personally have had a lot of friends who are business owners who have been disappointed by agency. And, you know, I run an agency too, a production agency. It's, so agency sometimes has a bad rap, doesn't it? Because definitely. Let's talk about that a bit. Yeah. And I think that like, for one, there's like 1,800 digital marketing agencies in Australia, right? And let's just be like, let's just shoot the shit and basically get straight to the heart of the matter. Like 80% of those people are, are people that are working in their pajamas and have probably watched a few YouTube videos or have bought a course of how to start a digital marketing agency, right? And the barriers to entry are so low that all you need is a laptop and access to the internet and you have an agency, right? So there's a lot of people that are out there going, this looks like a good opportunity for me to make some money. Let me start this side hustle. Then it becomes a business. They've got a couple of clients. And then a lot of these people are going out and they're hiring these people. Okay. And so that's the first mistake because these digital marketing agencies aren't even using digital marketing to grow their own business. So they have absolutely no business in helping other people grow their business using digital marketing. So there's, there's, there's one side of it where the fault has to be on the tactician that's actually delivering the work. Yeah. But then more often than not, what I see is that people think that digital marketing agencies are going to solve all of their business problems, right? Yeah. They're looking for the spot on the genie's belly to rub that makes money magically fall from the sky. Yeah. And they're thinking that you just sign up to this digital marketing agency and that you don't need to do any work and the money will just come flowing in. 
right? So we have a saying in our business that we will make the marketing work. You need to make the leads work, right? You need to make the product, the business actually work on your end. It's not going to be, I sign up to King Kong and money flows from the sky. It's going to be, I partner with King Kong. Right. We're both partners. We will pivot, adapt, modify everything that we need to do to ensure that we will be successful. So all the ownership is not placed onto the agency. It's shared with that business owner. And you must look at us as an internal team member to deliver you the results. Okay. So the way that we work is that like, we are a unit economics driven business. That means that we don't look at any of the vanity metrics. We're not looking at likes, engagement, impressions on your ads, views to the landing page. We're looking at the cold, hard facts and the building blocks for building a business through sound mathematical equations. So we want to know what the cost per lead is, how many leads we need to get in order to convert a lead into a paying customer. What's the payback period going to be from when we put a money, a dollar into ads? When is that pendulum? I'm going to swing back and return that ad spend, right? What is the lifetime value of a client? And these are like, we use these as a mathematical equation to grow businesses. So when somebody comes on board, we're setting up roughly what those KPIs look like. And then we're, we're running them through that, through that business model. And we're really giving that business owner a level of education that they've never had before. I.e., how do you grow a business based off mathematics? not just by hopes and prayers. So we want to look at the real numbers that it's going to take and we will hold ourselves accountable to those KPIs where if we don't deliver on our end of the bargain, then we simply do not get paid. But at the same time, if we deliver on what we're saying and you know people aren't able to close leads or they're never following them up or the receptionist is answering the phone instead of a salesperson, like there has to be that, that kind of responsibility that's shared I guess across both parties. And I think that that's one part of a two piece equation of why agencies have a bad rap yeah. is that most of these people that are in their pajamas will say anything to a prospect to get them as a paying client because they're desperate for it. Yep. And they don't manage their expectations. And then on the other end of that, you've got the business owner who has completely unrealistic expectations. Yeah. yeah you, I, I totally agree with that. And I, See, with COVID at the moment, there's pe people are, you know, pipelines are being affected, you know, and revenue streams are being affected by a lot of places. What do you think, in your opinion, businesses should be pulling back on maintaining or spending money on right now? That's a great question. Um, I think that the biggest thing, the way that I look at it is like a business is an organism and that organism requires oxygen to survive and oxygen is sales and revenue. Anything that brings money into the business is oxygen. So you want to be get like, you know, scrutinize all the costs that are associated with your business that are not oxygen. And you want to ruthlessly cut those things down. You want to squeeze every little inch of juice from that orange that you can and eat the orange rind itself. Right. When it comes to costs and when it comes to oxygen, what most people do is they look to do the most stupid thing, which is to cut off the oxygen. Oh, this is an uncertain time. Let me pull back on my advertising cost. There is nothing that you could do that would be more stupid than that. And the reason that I say that is if you're a business and you've got customers, the chances are you've got a whole bunch of customers right now that are either pausing or canceling or not repeat purchasing. 
Okay. So if you turn off your advertising, you're going to have no oxygen coming into the organization and into the organism and you will die. Right. So the other end of that is like, okay, how do I be really smart and, and really cut down my costs for anything that's not oxygen and pump more oxygen into the lungs of this organization and this organism to get through this period. Right. It's a scary thing to do in uncertain times, but it's the most logical. If you take emotions out of it and you just look at a PL of a business and you look at where the money is coming in, it really makes no sense to go, okay, let me stop on content creation. Why would you do that? Right? Everyone's at home. They've got more time than ever to watch your content. Why would you pull back on ads? People have got more time than ever. They're all on the internet looking at ads and researching things, okay? So the last thing that you want to do is retreat and run into retreat mode and pull away from all of those things and cut off any chance that you have of bringing money into the business. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I think that the things that make you money right now are the things that you need to double down on, right? If you're making content, you need to make the same, if not more content that you're putting out there. If you're sending emails to your database once a week, you need to increase that to twice or three times a week. You need to look at any avenue that you can to bring in as much oxygen into that organism as you possibly can. And they're the things that you really want to be focusing on. Mm-hmm. it's really good it's really good i think people really need to hear that um because when fear creeps in it it does a lot of silly things to your mind you know like it's anxiety is out of background mental health so anxiety tends to be futuristic more about like i'm gonna i fear losing something and having less of something so therefore we we just lock ourselves in a room and hope things work out and it's not the right way but i want to know um from you, Sabri, is one of the things that I've heard a lot about actually is the word money. And I think you have, you and I both have a pretty healthy, um, when you're a business owner, money, you just talk about money. I think it's important to talk about money. But it's funny how some people I talk to, they get uncomfortable with a topic called money, uh, about money. I don't know why. Do you ever find that's the case? You talk about money yeah. so much? Yeah, like I think that, you know, people can get, you know, they can might watch my videos and think like, oh, this dude's all about money, right? And realistically, the world that I operate in is business. And in business, money is the scoreboard. And, you know, I really like look at, you know, money as opportunity to, to make an impact on things that you want to do. You know, I grew up, you know, in a house where I was dirt poor and money was always a problem, right? So it's like, that's been obviously a central point in my business and in my life is focusing on that because you can't help people like a large scale of people if you don't have some kind of resources, right? You can either like, and I'm not saying that you need money to help people. That's bullshit, right? If you don't have any money, you can go work in a soup kitchen. You can give back to people that are less fortunate, right? You can, you can make impact in other ways, right? But if you want to have like real impact and do a lot, you're going to need some vehicle that's going to give you money in order to make that change, right? Mm-hmm. Most of the people that we know and we think about, you know, so people like Mother Teresa and Gandhi and all these people that made such big profound impacts, they had some backer, they had some financial money coming in for them to allow them to get that message out, whether it's partners or however you want to look at it. There's some kind of resource around that Um, and and, and money is just a way to help people give back and especially like if I look at 
you know, the way that I look at business is that you've got a market, right? On one axis is like, you know, the value and there's like a straight line going out. And as a business owner, you basically get to take a percentage of the value that you create in a marketplace. Mm. Okay. So you don't make money unless you provide value to some degree. And when you're out there in a free market capitalistic economy, like we operate in, it's like, you're really compensated by the amount of value that you provide to that marketplace. And in turn, when you provide that value and you collect money as a result of providing that value, then you can give back, right? It's like a ripple effect. If you take one business owner and you double their business and you have double the amount of money coming in, that, that affects their employees. It affects their health and their well-being, right? It affects their children. It affects their social circles, the charities and churches and, you know, philanthropy that they can do. And then it also affects all the people in society that look to that individual to what is possible in life, right? So there's a profound effect that happens off that. And yeah, it's easy to get caught up in the money and just think like, oh, this dude's all about the money. But like, you know, at a certain stage, that money doesn't have a a big like materialistic impact on your life. And it's really just the impact that you can look, that you make with that. And what, like, what is the challenge and what is the climb that you're looking to go through? And I, I, I do see like what you're saying, like people feel uncomfortable talking about money, right? And that's because they don't have a healthy relationship with money. I agree. Hey guys, I just want to quickly mention Mentored Media. It's a company that I'm a director of and a creative director of, and we're doing some great things for small businesses and companies and public figures throughout the country. We just created some amazing templates for you to download if you're a business owner. If you're a business owner who has a cafe or restaurant, if you're a barber or a hairdresser, if you're in the fitness industry, or you've just got a home office and you're working from home right now, we've just made amazing graphic design templates that are designed to prompt you to be able to post stuff on social media because sometimes you can sit there wondering what am I going to post and I don't want to post about sales all the time because that's just people just get turned off by that stuff but we prompt you with this design pack which is drag and drop using Canva which is a great Australian company you can drag your own photos into the templates You can change it to your own typography, change the colors, but we've designed it all for you to prompt you to post things that are relevant for your socials. For for example, we've made some menu designs, we've made haircut designs, we've made a list of services that you provide, testimonials, reviews, five-star review templates, team shout-out, Zoom screenshots, frameworks that make it look really well-branded. It's really cool. I want you to jump on it if you think of anyone who's in those businesses. So head to mentoredmedia.com and go to the store and you'll find it there. I always say this to to people is that um, if I give a generous guy a million dollars, I've given him, he's got a million dollars to be generous with. And if I give a million dollars to a selfish bastard, he's got more to be selfish with. It's not money that's the problem. But people have, like you said, a really negative view of money because maybe they see examples of people in power or abusing power. You got to find examples of whatever you can Google. You can find examples of everything. But I think we're kidding ourselves if we're robbing ourselves in society if we don't have a healthy chat about it. And I and I see your stuff, Sabri, and I think that's exactly what I thought because I think it's easy to maybe perceive something because everyone perceives something about me people perceive things about you but what you're really the heart of what you guys are doing is is 
actually getting the best out of a business product, getting the their message out there the most. And to get that amplification that they require and they maybe deserve, they need to be able to look at the, the fundamentals, oxygen. We, we need to look at what you've got. Let's multiply that. And that's really important that people hear that with you, Sabri. I think yeah, and and I, with I, all I, digital I, I, marketers. And like, I think that the whole money thing, right? Like people think that like, just because like, I guess today's day and age with the media and like everything being so accessible and everything is much more documented than it was a hundred years ago. Right. So everyone looks at it now and they believe that like corruption is at an all time high, that money is polluting the world and it's creating this 1% that's more toxic than ever. Yet they refuse to look back in history and look at when Alexander was 16 years old going traveling country to country raping and pillaging for gold and spices right so it's like this whole thing there's always going to be people that have that hunger for you know where it's like greed and they're going to use these things to do certain things right whether you're trading spices and you're a merchant or it's gold or there's always going to be that innate thing that's going to be in people and you can choose to focus on like the pitfalls and the negative things but if you remove money from the equation, right? Like, and, and you just remove that, there's going to be something else that comes about. Yeah. And if you just look at history to date, you know, people complain about capitalism and they talk about socialism and all these things. It's like, you know, in my opinion, capitalistic as that, as a, as a function of society is the most successful one, right? You look at the other ones and you look at those countries and, and the socialist countries, it's like, well, that's not like abundance. <laughs> you know what I mean? Abundance, like there's on one end, you look at abundance and you look at the greed and stuff that spills off the back of that. But on the other end, it's like you look at the opposite to that in, in other kind of societies, whether it's communism or socialism or whatever it might be. And, you know, you look at those people, is that an abundance? or is it an oppression so mm -hmm. like I, I don't think that money is the issue you know yeah, what i mean it's more so like what you said it's like if you give a million dollars to a greedy bastard he's still going to be a greedy bastard or if you give it to like somebody generous they're still going to be generous right so it's really humans and human psychology it's not the money component and if you take that away it's going to go back to people going and conquering land instead of money yeah, yeah and i think it's a good point what you said there sabri about how um, if, so what if, I'm, I know you guys have so many great cases of how you've taken one business and grown their business, doubled, tripled and all that. We'll talk about that soon. But if someone was to say, here's, what's your number? And they got that number. The question then is, what are you going to do with it? What's the purpose of it? And purpose Correct. is really important, right? Because like people sometimes, I think in our pop culture and I've grown with similar ages, uh, early thirties. And um, there have been examples of, you know, rich and the famous, this is the, this is the aim for life, you know, it's a success. People stand in front of, jet, like whatever you want to do, it's fine. But that is an image that has been ingrained in me as a child, or this is what it looks like. But what's the purpose? As I get older and as you, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're a very deep thinker. I've been looking at your stuff and philosophical and it really comes down to, well, why that, in business, what are you doing it about? What are you doing it for? Because if you have all the money in the world, like what, what's it for? Is it, is it for to be selfish to yourself? Whatever, what is it? Is it, is it for to, a greater cause or to make an impact? How, how important is purpose? 
Oh, it's, it's everything. And like the, the, the exercise that I do, like with a lot of students of mine is this thing called like looking at what your dream day looks like. Cause the thing is like from when you're very young and like, say for instance, you're graduating from high school and you get these like career counselors that come in and they're like, Oh, what is it that you want to do for the rest of your life? Right. And it's like this big, you know, impactful, profound moment where you take like a 17 year old and you're asking them to make the decision of like, what is it that they want to be doing for the eternity of their life and it's so ridiculous that no one tells you that like well, hey yeah, what you me, choose to do that yeah and then that 17 year old at the same time has to put his hand up in class to go get permission to go to the toilet yeah like, exactly it's ridiculous and so you have that right and it's like okay first of all no one really tells you that the decision that you make at that time is only going to be like one act of your life and just because you choose to go down this road now doesn't mean it's going to turn into something completely different but even if you just look at that and you look at how we're conditioned as society it's like okay you go to school you get good grades you get good grades you go to university you get good grades to get a high paying job for what like for what what is the what? reason what is if you keep on asking why enough time you're going to get down to the the real answer to the question but the thing that i like to look at is like forget about everything all of that forget about say that like you know you had all the money that you wanted yeah. and you you hit your business goals everything you were living that life like if you ask somebody what is the dream life for you? It's very, very difficult to get an answer to that question. It's because it's so large. Like who can really unpack that, right? What do you want your entire life to look like? <laughs> so the place that I like to start is, you know, taking a bite of the elephant one bite at a time and having a look, well, what does the dream day look like for you? What time would you go to bed? When would you wake up? What would you be eating? Who would you be eating with? What would you yeah. choose to focus your energy on? All of those things, right? And then really figuring out, okay, well, what is it that I would love? If I had a choice to do anything that I wanted every day, what would that be? And then once you've got that, then you need to have a look at how much money do you need to make in order to support that dream day? Designing a life. Yeah. And most people don't design the life, right? They just go through the motions as a dairy cow and just get milked by society and get pigeonholed into these things that they have no passion of doing. But the, the pressure of society is built so much that it's like built this groove where they have to go down that path, right? So there's a difference between like designing a life and also having the art of living a rich life yeah, and looking at what, what are those things that you need to do to make sure that you're, you are being fulfilled. And let's not fool anybody. Money is a part of that right you yep. need to have a certain level of money to be able to support that but it's not the end thing right otherwise you get caught on this like head in this treadmill where you're constantly looking for that like endorphin rush and that hit to make you feel like you're living like a fulfilled life but you're just trying to keep up with the joneses you're just chasing that next like sugar rush so to speak so you really need to think of like what are the things that actually fulfill you and keep you engaged um and then you need to be real with yourself and understand that money and finances is going to play a, a part of that depending on what you want it's going to depend how big of a part it is going to play but it is definitely a part of it and then optimizing for what gives you true like fulfillment mm. that's so true because in business we all know that a, a good a good technique is to look at where you want to land and work backwards from there, you know, like um, deductive reasoning. And, and we often don't apply. It's funny. I see more, I see better business plans from some business owners than I see a life plan. So they've worked out the sat down and looked at their business and like, this is what I want to be in five years. And this is why I'm doing it. And here's why I want to evolve. And here's a system to get there. But then we forget ourselves. And I know there's a scripture in the Bible. It talks about how, um, what does a man 
gain if he sells his soul for the world. And I often think about that because your soul is more than just one aim. Like uh, we're so multifaceted as human beings and we, we crave love, we crave at, at attention and we crave to create and, and to connect. And these all web in together as human elements in marketing and in business because business is people. Business involves people. So as soon as we forget ourselves and we disconnect from ourselves, I think a lot of issues arise. Mm. 100%. I couldn't agree anymore. And it's like, you know, you touched on that topic of creating a plan for your life, right? And it's something that's never spoken about. It's something that's never really talked about. The thing that is talked about is like, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to do with the rest of your life, right? Well, that's like, it's a very superficial question. Mm -hmm. right? You should really be looking at well, what kind of life do you want to live, right? What is it that's really important for you? And then coming up with the plan of what that looks like. And that's the first step in business. Like forget the business plan, man. Like forget about like how much traffic you're going to need to get. First figure out where the destination is that you're trying to get to and then build a business that helps you get to that destination. Don't go the other way around because then otherwise you build this business. And I see this so often where people build this business that is this time hungry vampire of a beast. And it really has that business owner and it's like they are the slave to that business. And it is just sucking all of the life and resources and energy out of that person. And that's because they've built that thing, right? They've built that beast. And they haven't gotten clear on where it is that they're trying to go and yeah. what is it that they're trying to do. And then going, awesome, what is it that I would need to do in order to get there? What kind of business would I need to build? Yeah, exactly. And well, let's share a little bit about that, Sabri, with your life. Um, so are you, would you say that your life is like, that's how you're living your life right now, that your day to day is like, you're chipping away at, you're, you're living your design life? Yeah, I definitely am. I think that it's a continual path. You never, never quite get there. For me, the thing that kind of keeps me motivated um, and it's not like a monetary figure or anything like that. It's more so the question that I ask myself every day in all other areas of my life is like, what is it that I am capable of achieving and doing with that time? And then where am I at right now? And how do I realize my potential? Like they're the things that really motivate me is constantly chasing my potential. Um, because, you know, it's, it's not about reaching a destination, but more so, you know, it, I've got like, you know, it, I've got that life to live where, you know, I think it's a Confucius quote where it's like every man lives two lives. It's like the first life they live. And then the second life is when they realize that they've only got one life to live. Right. And it's like, as, as you approach, you know, your thirties or this can be younger in life, you know, I keep the forefront of really the importance of time. And especially like, I know you've got two young girls, I've got two young girls. They really become like, you know, a, a barometer and like a, like a measurement tool of time and seeing like that, that time is not this endless thing, right? It's something that is finite and you need to maximize. And I think for me, I sit down and I fast forward to the end of my life. Right. And I look, I, I was to be looking backwards. The number one thing that I think that I would regret is having the feeling that I could have done more with the time that I had. Right. So therefore trying to chase my potential is the thing that keeps me the most motivated. Mm -hmm. Because even if you achieve great, 
quote unquote success. If you knew deep down inside that you could have given more, you could have done more, you could have given back more, you could have given more love, you could have achieved more, then I think that's the thing that I would regret the most, right? Like getting to the stage where I'm so old that I know that I only have a few years left in my life and, and would have been thinking like, imagine that I just gave it my all at everything that I did. What, what would this life, what, what would it have looked like? Yeah, that's brilliant, man. Um, for me, I'd look back on my life and ask, did I have my order of love in, in, in tat? Like yeah, St. Augustine said something pretty profound. He said, sin is a, an archery term, by the way. Sin is about hitting the target or missing the mark. Sorry. Sin is like missing the mark. And St. Augustine had this quote about how sin is like having your love out of order. So there's nothing wrong with money. There's nothing wrong with work. There's nothing wrong with fashion or loving things, but because of time and it's finite, like this, it's only finite. There's only a certain amount of priorities you can do at once. And for me, I cried. No, I don't cry often actually, because I, um, I don't know, just not super emotional um, guy um, in a lot of ways. But my daughter made me cry probably about three weeks ago, three weeks ago now. And I said I had to go to work. I was going in the office. And she's like, what do you have to go to work for? And I'm like, I get to help people today. And we, we just moved a location just before Armageddon happened with COVID. So it's quite expensive where we're living here in Sydney. And I said, I've got to also pay the bills. You know, I've got to, this is, this is what helps to stay here. She's like reached into a little purse and poured out all the coins on the table and said, there you go. You don't need to go anymore. And I, I, I just burst, man. I yeah. Killed, <laughs> killed me. It was yeah. Just, and it, and it's so funny because even when I was coming to the office to, to record this, even my, my daughter said like something along the lines, like, Hey, I don't want you to go. Like, what, why are you going? Like, you know, and even having like that education piece with your children of like why that even exists of like, why do you have to go and do something to make money? Right. And like, it's, it, it, it's a great opportunity. I think that you don't want to waste that opportunity to also let them know the way that, that things do work. Right. Yeah. Cause on one, on one end, it's like, you've got this thing where it's like your priorities and it's the people that you love and like you have created this person, right. And they've come in into your world and into your life and they enrich it. Um, and then also letting them know that like, you know, there's this whole love piece, right? And there's this whole family unit piece. And then off the back of that, there's things that need to happen in order for that relationship to take place, right? And for that whole ecosystem to work. And it's not like one of those things where it would be easy to discount the importance of going and working and making money in a time like that, where you've got like a three-year-old girl and you're trying to, you know, talk to them in this place that they're, they're little baby mind can understand right um but it's still also i think like it's it's really important just to let them know like this is kind of you know how the world works and you go out there and you help people solve certain problems that they've got and then like they give you money and then money is the thing that we live off that allows us to live a certain life and all of those things that, that come with it. And people can be like, Oh, that's just too much for a three year old. Like my three year old chicken, she understands all of that stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like in my wife says like, you know, you know, what's Papa doing at work today? It's like, Oh, he's going to make some money. 
And he's like, why does he, why does he go and make money? It's like, so he can buy me raspberries. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you, you have to talk in a way that they understand, but like pretending like that money isn't a piece in that is going to, it's going to basically lead to them having that miseducation and that bad relationship, which was what we just talked about before is people having a bad relationship It's because there's all these negative stigmas around money. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, even look at the words like filthy rich, right? It's like a negative connotation to it, right? Oh, yeah. And like in, in, in you look in like children's cartoons and all this, it's like the, the, the evil person is always the rich person. And so it's just like just looking at those kind of cues and those heuristics throughout society that have built up and, and, and kind of shape people's identity towards that they have towards money. Yeah, like that's that, that's that consequence of if you don't talk about it, then someone's going to educate, you're going to educate yourself somewhere about it. Yeah, and... Um, yeah, and then there's a disrespect toward money if you don't bring it up. And yep. I think we've got kids similar ages that they, I'm really appreciating the time that I'm in with my kids, and you are probably too, with being that teacher and that, like, that being that father is being a lot like a teacher and you're showing things through what you do and then then you're, you're speaking what you want to say, like you, you're giving the education through words, but they're watching you. And they're watching where you go and they're watching how much time you spend here and there. And my, my, my three-year-old definitely understands why dad goes to work. And I, and I, I intend for my kids when they grow up to understand what things cost in the household. Like I intend for a family discussion around money because I, fa- I would have found that a, a very helpful thing as a teenager growing up when, um, especially when I didn't understand, when you not explain why you're disempowered. Why can't we go? Why can't I buy this shirt, Mum? Why can't you buy this for me? Oh, we can't right now. It's like, but I just saw you buy that. Why can't you buy that? Why? If she sat down and said, "Well, things are a bit tight right now with the blah blah blah," and that's that's totally unorthodox at the moment. A lot of places in Australia like talking about money. Yeah, but I I, I tend to subscribe to that idea that well, let's let's be transparent a little bit. Like be selective with some, but don't hold back the whole topic because then they appreciate what they have an appreciation of what goes in and goes out and it's not just magical and they can end up going to grow up spoiled. Yeah. And, and, and you have to think about like typically the relationship between people and money is not a good one. And that's usually because it's taught by people that don't have money. Right. And therefore they have a negative relationship with the money and they're basically passing it on to their children where it's like, Oh, money doesn't grow on trees and all this stuff. Right. And it's like, yeah, I, I think I couldn't agree with you more about getting on the same page. You know, me and my wife already get on the same page with everything, what we're doing, you know, looking at our household as, you know, our life as a business, the ins and the outflows of it. And the same thing for my children, like, you know, as soon as my girls like can get on the telephone, they'll be in the business working. Right. There's like, they're they're, they're like, the thing is like, you know, if you grew up in a certain situation where you weren't fortunate to have, you know, a surplus of money and then you get into a position where you have children and you are in that fortunate position, the default position that I want to be is I want to give my girls everything that I could ever give them. Right. But that's, it gives, it's a disservice moving forward. Right. So I'm definitely going to have them understand the whole trading of value and time and resources for things that they want. Um, and when they want things, they're going to have to do something 
as a result of wanting to get those things. Do you know what I mean? There has to be that relationship where they understand. It's like, okay, I put some effort into this and then this thing is delivered, right? So if I put a lot of effort and energy into this thing, then I can have a lot of this thing that I want that is delivered. Um, and yeah, getting them transparent on all those things and not even being like, you know, I think that I'm in a fortunate position where I own a business where it's like, if my daughter in the future is going to be like, look, I want this thing. I'll be like, awesome. You come into the business and you do this. And then when you get that result, you can go and get that thing that you want. Yeah. That's the beautiful thing about being business owners and having kids. You can, you can bring them in and teach them great lessons. And um, this, you know what, from this chat, I really, um, I really love this chat, Sabi, because one, it's really, I think the theme of it just naturally, organically arose of you're a really transparent guy. You're a really honest guy. And you're willing to get to the heart of the matter and talk about things like, you know, return and all that. Because that's really, if you cut through all the other barriers and the things around it, you you get to the core of the matter and that's really really i think that's a big attribute to your success and your future success because honesty is hard to find and there's sleazy people out there there's marketing campaigns that are out the trickiest and here you are you know and you it you are who you say you are your, your marketing is cut cutting throat cutthroat i really like in in a good way but honest yeah. to the point that's refreshing but um, I could talk to you for hours, Sabi, but I might end it here. So um, I just love um, just with what people could do with um, supporting you or finding more info about you. Could you just give them a little um, info about that? Do they go to your website at King Kong? Yeah, look, if you, if you own a business and you need help growing that, you know, you can go to kingkong.com.au and, and, and check out our agency and get in contact with us. And if we're a fit, we'll let you know. If you're not, we'll shoot you straight and let you know also. Um, but I think probably the best place to start for anybody that wants to hear more with the least amount of kind of commitment on their end. And they're just like during this whole lockdown period is probably just to go to sell like crazy book. Dot com, um, and you can just pick up my book there, um, you know, and basically you can get it for, you can pay the shipping and we'll, and, and, we'll, and we'll send it out to you. And basically that will give you, you know, really like a framework to go out there and grow your business. It's a lot of stuff that's not just about marketing in there as well, um, right. but looking inward as well and just looking at the person that you are and that's the person that's going to be driving the vehicle that is your business. Um, yeah, so you can, you can go there, grab my book, you know, thanks, thanks for your kind words. Nah, thanks for your time, Sabri. I know we're all busy. So, uh, guys, go support Sabri and hopefully get him on the show again in the future. That'd be great. Thanks, Sabri. Awesome. No problems. Thanks for having me on. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for listening to the Examine Life podcast. I want to encourage you to go back through the archives and listen to some of the brilliant guests we've had on the show. We've had Mark Boris. We've had Osha Ginsberg. We've had Janine Alice. We've had Pete Evans. We've had Australia's leading psychologist, Dr. Susie Greer, talking about mental health. We've had a whole bunch of experts on the show. I don't want you to miss out on what they have to say because I've been going back recently listening to some of the interviews and just getting so much wisdom out of it. It's been helping my life. So head back there. Make sure you subscribe, follow, and please share this because it really helps spread the word around about this podcast.